Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Alex here. And this is your long intro warning. But you're going to want to hear this. First, to get entered into a $50 Amazon gift card giveaway, go to marketadventures.co slash giveaway. The drawing is on due 15th. The sooner you enter, the better your chances of winning. Now, I have a question. Do you know why we do interviews on this show? Why do I bring on non-stop market investors onto this show? Because, as our guest today makes it very clear, there's a different mindset necessary to achieve financial success. Anyone can make money, in or out of the stock market. But there's a difference between making money and securing wealth. And if you're truly going to take advantage of the information I provide in this show, developing a wealth mindset is a necessary trait. Now, get ready, because the next few days is going to be enough to change your life forever. If you'll only let it. Natalie is one of the world's top transformation coaches, a human capital development strategist, and a business development consultant who developed her financial savvy actually working on Wall Street as a former financial consultant. She worked with banks such as Credit Suisse, Goldman Sachs, UBS, and more. Now, I've never had an interview like this. I mean, she just had so much value to provide that I really didn't even have to ask any questions or lead or stare her anyway. She just laid it all out for you because she loves providing value. There's so much life-changing information here that we talk for well over an hour. Here's just part one. So I want people to understand that you should feel no shame that you don't know what you don't know because the system was set up to keep us uneducated. The system was set up to keep us in darkness. The system was set up to keep us working, 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 working. Right. And that's why when you tell someone you're starting a business or you're doing an opportunity, they're so judgmental because the system has brainwashed them into thinking you need all these degrees and you need all these jobs. That's why people are almost willing to get two, three jobs, not realizing you're paying more taxes. Like if you get another job, you're legitimately only paying more taxes. You're not making that much more money, right? But if you have an LLC, even if your business doesn't make money for the first five years, you are legitimately lowering your taxable income for the job that you've worked. And so you can now maximize your 401k with your company reduce your taxes even more and write off more things in your lifestyle so that your family can begin to benefit more. So there's so many ways that you can build wealth even without ever making six figures, never ever making six figures and build wealth. Teachers are one of the top um, persons when you think about people who are retiring millionaires. Teachers actually are coming up as one of the top reoccurring um, 
type of candidates. And why? Because they're structuring, they're creating a strategy, and they're managing their finances. They're maxing out their 403, right? And, you know, use what, use what is available to you. Stop listening to Grant Cordone um, because you and him is not the same. Play at your level and win at your level. You're not going to see Michael Jordan in his heyday go on a court, right, um, with a Charles Barkley and play Charles Barkley game. If he wants to win, he's going to play Michael Jordan game. And when Kobe Bryant played with Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant is going to play Kobe Bryant's game. When Kobe Bryant played Michael Jordan's game, he's going to lose. When you go on a court, you have to decide whose game you're going to play. And the way you're going to decide that is to have a vision of who you are now versus the vision of who you're going to be in the future. And look at the gap between that and play at the pace that you are with the mindset of the person you want to become. And so when you're investing, it has a lot to do with psychology, like just like when you're building your financial wealth strategy, it has to do with, you know, your psychology, your vision of who you are. Where do you see yourself in the long run? Even when yeah. you think about the 2008 crisis, you know, um, the ones that kept going were the ones who ended up winning the biggest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the financial market is, is there's a there's a period to it. Mm -hmm. They don't understand Every minute is a period, but it's also a comma, and it's also a new paragraph, and it's also a new chapter. But what people don't realize is some people have garnered a lot of excess cash, whether through credit card, cash advance, or you know, taking out money out of certain things, and they're putting that to play. You, if you put $10,000 on a doge um, with the volatility in the market, it doesn't matter. Like you can make money because there's enough volatility. And I think that's something that crypto brings to um, so many spaces that even the hedge fund guys had to get in. The volatility is there, the price point and the volume size is a combination of those three. So for people who are into options or into trading and getting in, getting large lot sizes of stuff and experiencing a large, um, you know, volatility, meaning the up, the movement of up and down in the market. It's beautiful. So crypto provides that. So hedge fund, as I said, the hedge fund plays, they just, there's not too many plays there right now, you know, except for the, the um, you know, Wall Street bankers, they can, there are a lot of new players coming to the market because of AI and because, you know, of the new, um, you know, the new things that are happening in with the change, like the next five years is going to be so different with the way we live in terms of a lot more virtual things happening, things that we see on the Flintstones. The Flintstones? Oh, I remember the Jetsons. The Jetsons, the Jetsons. The Jetsons. That was oh my, my show. God. Things that we would see on the Jetsons is now going to be <laughs> the thing. You know what I mean? So, I yeah. mean, I think we need to, you don't know what you don't know is the first thing. And two, mm -hmm. to allow yourself enough liquidity to have some play money, right? I, I think that's the number one thing, too, to get through, um, you know, different financial stuff is to have liquidity. I think, you know, in yeah. last year, people who were liquid were really able to position themselves to take advantage oh, of this, yeah. you know, the, the quickness of the market, right? And people who weren't discounts, liquid, discounts. Um, those were the ones that were losing their shirts. You know what I mean? So it was such a real difference. So if we start this conversation, really, really start it, we'd have to start with, you know, 
what people need to do is build their financial security, making sure that they know their numbers, they minimize their numbers, they live way below their means and start funding little accounts, you know, $100 a week, $100 a month. Four years ago, when I started over with nothing, I was willing to bet on myself, you know, four children, four suitcase, a room in my mother's house. I set up my LLC right away. My mother thought I was crazy. You know, the first set of checks that I made from my insurance business, I don't know nothing about insurance. So I studied, take my license. And, you know, again, it's the same psychology as how can I serve you? Well, how can I serve you? Made me $26,000 in my first three days in insurance, you know, and 70 something thousand dollars in less than two months, right? Because the, uh, the approach is identify people's need and serve them. Well, what, when I did that, I structured my LLC and because that's the biggest way to protect <laughs> your gains, right? It's the biggest way to make sure that you benefit from what you earn first before Uncle Sam takes a piece. And so that was the, the best way to go forward, building my credit. I made sure my business credit was being built while I was building my personal credit, knowing that at some point down the road, I want to separate myself from my company to potentially sell it to somebody else, right? Because we also start these businesses and we forget that we are not our grandparents and we are not our great grandparents. Meaning back in the day when people build businesses, it was family owned and it was passed down. Our kids don't want to do nothing that we're doing, right? <laughs> so we got to get our emotions out of it and we got to set up our businesses to be able to, to um, with the psychology of what do I want? What's your vision for your life? What's your vision for your family? You know, the vision that I have is not going to be the same as someone else's. You know what I mean? We don't necessarily want to live in the same zone. So you got to know where do you see yourself living? You know, and that's the psychology is, you know, oh, I made a decision and I'm going to go straight to it. You know, strategy on a chessboard or anywhere at all is you got to count your, your moves and count the counter moves that life could throw at you and plan for those counter moves while also moving to the point. Not in a straight line, because success is not a straight line. Success is deviation, right? What are the potential deviation? What are the potential distractions or things that could happen to slow you down or stop you? Or, you know, if you got the wind knocked out of you, what would you do? So let me make it more practical. Four years ago, as I said, I started over. And so I did my LLCs and, um, you know, I started what, what people needed. How could I serve people, add value to their lives? And um, the next thing I did was, okay, what would it cost for me to go back and live on my own, right? And um, to be honest, my ego was in play and I didn't realize it because I, you know, I had all these big assets that I walked away from when I left that situation. And so it was just like, I just wanted to show my kids that I could give them back that life. So I moved into a 3,000 square foot, um, you know, a townhouse. And quite frankly, it was a waste of money, right? Um, my kids were always, because they spent so much time at my mother's house in my bedroom, we were always together. And one day I saw an article and it was saying, oh, the average um, rental price is, I think it was like, I don't know if it was 1,300 or 1,500, but I was laughing because I was like, ain't nobody getting no place for $1,500 to rent. Like, where is that? Yeah. And same time I laughed, you know, I had a jerk in my stomach, like kind of like Holy Spirit saying, oh, oh, so you, you forgot who you are. And um, like the next day I was at an event with my daughter and this lady was complaining about her rent. 
and I asked her how much she was paying. She said $1,500. And here I was paying well $2,500. Mm-hmm. That didn't include my override, nothing. And so I was like, okay, cool. So I started to study my numbers, right? Because even though I was making a lot of money, I didn't know where my money was going. Yeah, I had a budget and my budget was pretty much, I wrote my numbers of what I was spending. My budget wasn't me strategically telling my money how it needed to work. It was me writing what my money was already doing, right? Which was counterintuitive. And so what I started to do was look at, you know, yes, I I had a multiple six-figure client and yes, my coaching was doing six figures. And this was the first year 2019 now, first full year, um, or moving into the second year on my own. And so what I did was I, um, I actually thought about, well, what if I could live on less while making more, right? Because usually we're told live on less, which is the Dave Ramsey approach. And then you have the new schooler saying, just make more. Just make more. The problem with living on less um, is that you have a lot mindset if you just focus on living on less and you can't attract more. And the problem with making more, if you don't learn to live on less, is you're making more and you're spending Spending more. more. Mm -hmm. So I take an approach where I teach my clients how to create structures. And it's kind of the Parkinson theory um, that Profit First book also uses for writing Profit First, which I don't necessarily believe in, um, because who's trying to produce profits to pay more taxes? (laughs) That's another note. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's kind of the same uh, theory, the Parkinson theory, which says if I said I'm going to do a project and I say it's going to take 40 hours, it's going to take 40 hours. Ah. But if I decided that I was only going to I only have 10 hours. Oh, it's going to get done in 10 hours. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's a um, it's a psychology. Right. So the, the psychology can be applied to, to finances. If I divide up all of my um, money into small buckets and I give them specific order, then they will have to accomplish what I put them out to accomplish based on that bucket. And so if I'm trying to do something and it doesn't fit in that bucket, the answer is no, which also is a discipline factor for someone who lacks discipline, right? So by 2019, I was you know, I now had separate banks with separate accounts with separate specific strategy on what it would do. And by, because I did that, I was able to save more than just over a hundred thousand over two accounts, a money market account and a checking account. And I named it a house deposit account (laughs) and an emergency fund account. And so because I had those two set up when COVID happened, I was able, like literally March 4th, this house went on the market and I was able to put in an offer on this on March 6th Wow! Um, and close on it on April 6th. And I actually made a full offer, right? The person actually came in lower than market because they were scared because they were over in Asia Mm -hmm. and the house was on the market um, for a little while before they had taken it off and they put it back on. And so they just wanted it to sell because at this point, um, realtors could were were being told that going out to physically show a house was going to be a problem. Um, They were worried about, you know, what banks were going to do with the mortgage. There was just so much, you know, um, so much you know, discrepancies with what could potentially happen. So there was fear on the seller side, mm-hmm. right? And so because I had money sitting in an account, I could take advantage with confidence 
right? And then my credit was good because I'd been working on that too with confidence. So remember, I started over in 2017. In 2018, I told you I'd made money in 2017, but I didn't buy the house in 2017 because I would, I, you know, it's kind of that mindset of, I'm just going to show you, oh, this is my year. And that's kind of the mindset I went into 2018 with, but I had to pace back to realize you have to build a foundation and understand the psychology of who you are and where you want to be in the long run. You can, you can do a power play in a short move, but then that's going to knock the wind out of you. And sometimes it takes you a while to recover. And then like, you know, if your credit's not strong enough, you're going to get a higher interest rate, which back then I probably would have gotten like a 4%. I probably, I would not have had as much money saved. I would not have had this type, this size house. And then the time it takes for me to grow my mindset to be able to move into a multi-million dollar neighborhood, you know, with certain things like there, there's time. Yeah. So it's important that people understand when you're building wealth is who you are now is not where you will be. Right. And understanding that the things that you want will come at a price and what are you willing to do to attract that price and then to be able to sustain that price. Right. Yeah. Can you continue at the same pace? If you're working three jobs, three years from now, can you continue at that pace? If the answer is no, then you've had to learn a skill that can replace two or all three of those jobs that will pay you at a higher rate than the amount of hours that you're, because the, 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 the long game is, do we even want to work that many hours, right? Or do we want our time back? Do we want to reclaim our time? And again, everybody's strategy is not the same, but you got to figure out what do you see yourself doing? Do you want to be a parent? Do you want to have time with your kids? Do you want to travel with your kids? Do you want to be at home with your spouse? You know, do you, some people really don't want to be with their family. Some people want to have a family, <laughs> want to have it, right? And it's neither good, good nor bad. Yeah, That's their choice, to each his right? own. Based on their, to each his own, right? I'm not over here judging, but I'm, what I'm saying is whatever lifestyle you want to live, you can get it, but understand that it's not always the best move to have the immediate direct move, right? So for instance, you know, one of my clients wants to have a $600,000 condo. She's in her twenties and she was saying, you know, she wants to be, um, she wants to travel, right? She doesn't really want to, to be tied down. And, but at the same time, she wants a little bit of stability. So I said, well, how many months a year do you want to travel? Mm-hmm. Well, where do you want to travel to? On average, what's the cost of those places where you want to travel? You know, what kind of lifestyle do you want to live while you're traveling? And then how much money can you make um, in the periods that you're here? And then how can you live below that? And then how can you find additional streams of income to be able to fund what you're doing and make you more money and make you and create more assets that are also making you more money so that when you're traveling, you don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about, you know, all of that stuff. And quite frankly, she's high 800 credit score. She's in her 20s. It's the same client that wants to travel. Now, if I never drill down to why, why is that you want this? Why is it that you need this? What is this going to do for you versus something else? If I never drill down to that, I wouldn't realize she doesn't even want a place. She wants to travel. She doesn't want the the cumbrance of owning that. Mm -hmm. But needless to say, if I was going to get her that place, the first thing I want her to know is, going directly to buy that place is a liability. Why? Because that place is an an asset that's not attracting any income, right? So can we get her two or three assets that can give her cash flow, that can get her an asset that's for a portfolio 
you know what I mean, that it's being paid for. And then when she's traveling, she can also sublet that asset and let that pay for her travels. So now she has three, maybe $150,000 house um, that she gets, she gets from, you know, buying them, you know, crappy houses, putting $50,000 in it, renting it out and taking out the equity after a few months, doing the same thing, taking out the equity, doing the same thing. And then now having enough cash flow across all three, if she's renting each of them out for, let's say, $150,000, let's say that's $850, right? And she's renting them out, let's say for, um, 1500 I like using low numbers, right? She still has $700 across the board. That's $2,100, right? Yeah. Cash flow. If she wants a $6,000, $600,000 property, she can use the equity from those to leverage into this one, right? From the, the from rolling over into the three, she has her deposit and then she has an additional $2,100 to support um, what probably is going to cost her about $4,000 a month. Now she's only paying half the mortgage. And guess what? If she only lives in there like 10 days out of every 30 days and she's renting it 20 days on Airbnb, uh, she can on average make an additional $200 a night at 20 days. Let's use a conservative and say only 10 days, right? That's an additional $2,000. Her entire mortgage is being paid by the three, the four assets itself. And she gets the benefit to her ego of having that fabulous condo that she gets to use whenever she feels like using it so you took you took that one goal took that one goal and just chopped it up and 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 find a way to pay for it and make it not just a goal for um just to feel good but like okay it's a goal but we're gonna accomplish these things along the way so it's actually worth it right so you added a lot of value to it right so we've we've added value along the way her credit would have improved, her um, her credibility with lenders would have improved. And then also she wouldn't have been as leveraged because you're taking some equity out, but at the same time, you're leaving some in because of how she bought it low. She bought a fixer upper. So she's only taking enough out to be able to fund the next one, leaving enough in because she's using the Burr method, right? Mm -hmm. And then she would have had now four property on her asset portfolio that are all paying down themselves that is legitimately going to give her more equity as the market grows seven and a half percent on average right and then in addition to that she has a, that's one foot to her retirement portfolio because now she is not touching her income and so now the largest expense that she has which is a mortgage or a rent or a lease she can now fund her retirement and her investment portfolio yeah and her net worth just went up about a million dollars right combining all four of those properties at least right well million. depends on how you calculate a network her net worth would have went up by the equity in the property and not by the total amount of the property right mm -hmm. um because let's say the total amount of each property by the time she fits up each of them you know 150 and you add up 50 or seventy thousand dollars you're not about 300 just under 300 thousand mm -hmm. so across the board she's just on a 900 thousand for the three property and then a the six hundred thousand dollar property that will take her about 1.6, 1.5 million, but she probably only has about 500,000 500, equity, equity in that, but she has an asset portfolio of 1.5 million that over seven, at a 7.5% over 10 years or 12 years will double, right? Um, the value of it, right? Because it's, it's at, it's appreciated at 7.5%. So let's say 12 to 15 years, that's doubling, right? That's a $3 million portfolio. And then in 20 to 30 years, 
that three million dollars that's there working for her uh, that she'll have and in addition to that she has a retirement fund and let's say she is still pretending right kind of like what i do pretending <laughs> that she's still paying a mortgage right so she could pretend that she's still paying a mortgage and is putting away twenty five hundred dollars to three thousand dollars a month in a 401k right and then she legitimately um let's say she started later right in life and she legitimately does that for only 20 years she's gonna have closer to 2.3 million dollars right for retirement if she's doing on average like the 8.6 percent nine percent she's gonna have closer to 2.3 million dollars just the 401k and if she used another thousand dollars and fund a retirement right um you know you again you don't want to use you don't want to just have um, your retirement based on your 401k and your house. Yeah. Because that's just one side. We saw what 2008 have. Yeah. So you want to also have insurance. You want to have enough insurance to be able to cover everything, right? And so um, one of the things that I've been using is cash, um, you know, funded insurance where you can have that tied to like a mutual fund. That's giving you, it's not a lot, right? It's probably going to give you like a rate of return of like four to 6%. But you're not in it for the rate of return. You're in it because it has cash value and you can literally bank yourself in times. Let's say she's not collecting rent at some point in 10 years. It's usually you can have it 10 years paid up or 20 years paid up and you can have enough cash vested in it that you can borrow from it and never have to worry about, oh, if, if, if a place is not being occupied, you can just take some from your insurance and fund the times when your thing is not being occupied, or if you need a move in the market, you can take money from your insurance and fund the move in the market. You know what I mean? Without liquidating any of your assets. I told you that this would be worth the wait. I mean, wow. So let's recap on some of the notes I was taking. And I hope you took some too. It was clear that money was not the answer, right? She came to America four years ago with nothing as a single mother and made a ton of money in a short amount of time. And her poor choices were only amplified with making more money. So even with making a lot of money, Natalie lost until she started cultivating her mindset. She discovered the importance of creating liquidity and living below her means. Not living cheap necessarily, but having clear intentions. Not being a slave to money, but instead giving your money commands by separating your funds. Make sure you join us tomorrow for part two and also be ready to take notes. Before you go, enter the $50 Amazon giveaway by visiting marketadventures.co slash giveaway. The lucky winner will get a $50 Amazon gift card and a free subscription to my newsletter for a whole year. MarketAdventures.co slash giveaway. This has been your host, Alex Cunningham, saying be well. And remember, as you begin searching for answers to life's challenges, don't seek security. Seek adventure. Adventure.